The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Maybe it's COVID outside. I've got to go Nope, it's still COVID outside. This evening has been filled with screaming kids. By nice, we stayed home and we ordered a pizza. Because the numbers are through the roof. Father will be pacing the floor. Because he's in the high risk. Really, I'd better scurry. No, the parties are canceled. That would be your five and a half drink. That we've all died in here. Say what's in this drink? This is my seventh beer. I wish I knew how to have a social life. This spell will never. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. I was going to say that song. Didn't it have to be redone? Well, yeah, to be redone, so they redid it. Yeah, the controversy. Remember, it was. I love that baby. It's cold outside. Original version. However, this one is very appropriate. This is the official. (laughs) Is it PC? Yeah, there you go. The answer is no. The whole house smells like a fart. Well, I don't know if that's basically. When will we get the dang vaccine? So when are we getting a vaccine, Karen? I believe soon, isn't it? With hospitals and nursing homes being the first round. Look, Karen, we have the burrito back on, burrito back on right? Which, is gonna, which are we going to get first, the vaccine or the stimulus package? Vaccine, I'm betting. Well, I don't know. You know, so we're all waiting for those stimulus checks. Yeah, right? hold your breath. Wait, we may have a savior. Oh. I call it, you know, the Grinch who might save Christmas. Oh, yeah. I remember him. <laughs> oh, okay, because he's going to do anything. Feel the burn here. Burn is the operative word, I think. are either unemployed, they're working it. Starvation wage jobs. They have I can no hear him through his mouth. Is he wearing it? Uh, Absolutely. There are, we are seeing hunger at a higher level in America uh, than we have in, in many decades. So to me, it is kind of a no-brainer that we have got to do what in the original mm-hmm. CARES Act and say to every working class family in America, uh, families, couples of 150000 or less, individuals 75000 or less, that we are going to provide a $1,200 direct payment plus 500 bucks uh, for the children. This is what working families in this country right now desperately need. Uh, and it will be a stimulus for getting our economy. Uh, oh, back like on its okay. Feet. Good luck with that, Bernie. There you go. So you know he's he's the one. You know he held everything up. Gary, he's the Grinch who's going to save Christmas. I don't think so because they. I thought they were, You know they were really close. And you know on the on the nine hundred and eight, you know billion, um, and then 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 but you know then a certain group said, well, no, what that there's no. There's no stimulus checks in there. How, how is everyone going to be able to afford their Christmas gifts this year? Mm-hmm. So Bernie stepped up to the plate and said, yeah, no, we cannot pass this without. Uh, he said, you know, he come out and said, I'm not going to vote for it if it doesn't have additional stimulus checks. And then and then some more senators. So which is why it's not getting done by Christmas. I can I, I would bet money. Well, we got a burrito bag, right? But I'm just um, saying, I'm not holding my breath for that. You know, the, they're, do they're, like some people delay Christmas instead of celebrating well, it? They're it, moving Christmas till things yeah. calm down, and that's when you buy your gifts, I guess. It really the the negotiations really fell apart here this mm-hmm. week. Um, and I don't have faith in our politicians. Right? No, it, it, throw them all out, Carrie. You I know, agree. They're they're calling it the trillions fatigue, right? You know the, that that you have these groups that are trying to say, okay, we this cannot be more this this lame duck fifth bill, you know, can't be greater than a trillion dollars. That seems to be right. the threshold. So what they're trying to do is like satisfy everybody 
All right. Well, that's not with a happen. little bit of money to everybody, right? And and, and and so that's why because if 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 we if we followed Bernie Sanders the same duplicating the second stimulus check, so we could all have twelve hundred dollars right. to buy our Christmas presents, right? And that would help the economy. And I, you know, eighty one percent of Americans want that. Eleven percent right. of the polls said they don't know. Care how would you not know well, whether you want it or not? Well, because of the consequence of the co- long term cost of it, I get that. Um, so, I mean, something free. Well, then isn't they may free. say, "Well, you know." Well, then maybe say, "No, I don't want it." But if you say, yeah, "I don't know if I want it or not," that that's that surprises me. But in either case, um, you know, so they're trying to touch all the bases, right? And and that's the problem because to do another $1200 round and 500 per is kid is going to go it over that's a trillion two, that's 290 billion alone that doesn't fit in the trillion dollar plan right well that's why originally those skinny bills why don't they pass the little things and have multiple bills on the, the well that's the, what the, the that's what that that's, everybody, what, that's what cocaine mitch wants to do right he says Say, okay the the business relief or let's take the pieces and parts instead of one massive bill that has crap in it how about do everything that everybody's on the same page even if it means a hundred separate bills if everybody agrees you're going to make more progress i mean meanwhile while they're bickering over it, it whether it's 900 or a trillion or 1.2 trillion um you know not great jobless claims uh, very disappointing this week carrie 853,000. it's going the other direction now right with with a, with a with a slight tick up from the previous week all right um you know the vaccine you know I, you know i don't know that's it should be coming next week i thought from what i've read and i've heard um through sources that it's already at some of the hospitals around here right. so, so, so i don't know yeah so we're taping this show on friday morning right um and by the way I, I, by the time you're hearing it we'll find out if the government shut down friday night mm. Um, because because I don't even think that's you know at this hour of the morning on Friday <laughs> that's not a right. done deal yet. So it, you know it, it's um, just absolutely ridiculous. It's like if you need things fixed or renovated in your house, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna fix the bathroom sink because I don't. I want to do all my whole house first. No, you do what you can, at least to make some progress. All right. So, you know, so the experts are saying that the COVID infection could affect over a million Americans per day in early January. Right. Well, and and some people get really sick and some people have it and have no so, symptoms or minimal. So the vaccine, Carrie, are you are you are you getting it? Not right away. So, see, Carrie, are, are you a, absolutely are you, are not. You a virus denier? No, I'm not. I absolutely believe the virus is it. And I've known people that have been sick from it. I've known people that have died from it. I just think the way our government's reacted and the statistics don't make sense. I got some, you know, the Stanford epidemiologist that did the study and saying, okay, COVID related deaths versus COVID only deaths. Now our cancer rates are going down, our heart disease, our pulmonary stroke deaths, all these other deaths when they look across the country went down. I guess we don't have good information. I believe it's real. I believe you need to be careful, especially if you're in the high risk group. I think a hand washing, I think, is going to make a huge impact, not only for this and the flu. I I, I absolutely. So are you a vaccine truther? Do you think this vaccine is necessary? I think it'll help certain people. I'm I'm always in the camp. My kids, I've said before, are fully vaccinated from. But my thing, let them work out the kinks, because usually the first round of vaccine um, have issues, and I'd rather not be the one that first gets it. I don't need it. I'm not in the high risk group, well, doctor, so I would rather yeah. wait. So, Doctor Anthony Fossey, of course, the challenge is going to be to convince people to get vaccinated, which I think yeah. a lot of people want to get vaccinated, which is great. Their choice. Well, apparently, the percentage of Americans who are now willing to get vaccinated are ticking up. So, a new Gallup poll published December eighth show that Americans' willingness to get the COVID-19 vaccine has ticked up to 63%. Okay. Okay. Um, but, you know, Fossey went on to say that the uptake would need to be at least 75%, mm-hmm. hopefully close to 80 to 85% in order to achieve the herd immunity and stop the virus in its right. tracks. And by the way, on the downside, if you have a highly... Uh, you know, if you have a high success vaccine, but only 50 percent of the country gets vaccinated. Right. You're, you're not going to it's not going to give that umbrella protection. Right. But you can't mandate vaccines. I still think as much as I vaccinate my kids and I, you know, I think and I'm back. Va- well, it needs to be a choice. Well, John Delaney's got the answer, Carrie. Pay us all fifteen hundred dollars to get the vaccine. 
Problem solved. Uh, I don't like that. As a matter of fact, the ones that have two doses, do you get do you get three thousand? I would think so. That's fair. Um, I think unless you're in a drug trial to get paid, that's like paying people for sterilization. Maybe in theory it's a good idea, but ethically I'm not so sure. So so people are so the Americans are doing flip flops on whether they're up for getting the you know standing in line to get the shot or not. Mm. Um, you know, because in July at the height of right. the, you know, first shutdown, right? 66% said, yeah, I, I'd get the vaccine. But then that dropped to about 50% right. in September. Okay. But now it's inching back up to that, you know, 60 Well, I think uh, in other countries that have started getting the vaccine, you read some of the side effects. And that's why I said, work it out first. But um, there's certainly plenty of other high-risk people and um, All right, Carrie, get first-line started. workers that need it first. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues and make you aware of choices that you have about your financial life and taking control. And that's true if you're working and thinking about someday I'd like to retire or if you're already in retirement and you're worried about rising health care costs, this low interest rate environment, future taxes, running out of money and what I can really spend um, and this economic uncertainty um, that many people fear. And it is sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that provides objective unbiased analysis. And we've been around the greater Cleveland area more than 35 years helping people with all areas of their financial life. Um, And what we do is uh, traditional financial planning number crunchers. We build financial models and do objective analysis. um, And we help people through all the phases, whether it's you're planning to retirement, then in retirement, and what steps you should take to protect your long-term financial stability and what things you can do while you're working, and then in retirement to create the income you need as tax-efficiently as possible, which tax efficiency is even more important if you're in the camp that believes that tax rates are going up in the future and address financial disruptors and things that you're worried about, whether it's a nursing home, income replacement, um, market declines, or whatever that is, and or if you're faced with a decision, timing of Social Security, a pension election, um, a Roth conversion, IRA distribution planning, which we've talked on this show, um, and using all the opportunities that are out there in this comp- um, this complicated tax code and avoiding potential um, disruptors. And we offer a free consultation by phone or in person. If you like, um, want to talk about this issue or you're concerned, we're scheduling now through the end of February, actually, with people on the schedule and still booking this year. If there's some issue you're concerned and want to talk about, and we have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees for people who need a little bit or a lot of help. And you can call for that free consultation. If you call, leave a message and we'll get back to you on Monday morning. Or you can um, visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. On the website, we have incentives. There's You can sign up for their newsletters. Unfortunately, we don't have planning classes right now. Or you can schedule a consultation or listen to previous podcasts. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You listen to Mark Dylan, Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And, you know, Carrie, over 35 years, we've gone through a lot of elections, right? I think this is the first pandemic that you and I have gone through, right, Carrie, on the on the radio. Um, I mean, the last ones really were, you know, the swine flu and stuff like that. It wasn't really on this scale at all, right? This is this is on a whole another scale. And we, but we certainly have have gone through a lot of uh, you know waiting around with bated breath to see what Congress was going to do, and. Is the election over, Carrie? No. It's not? I I don't think so. I don't know. I've honestly, at our house, we've stopped because it was just tried not to think about it and focus on the positive because that's a little bit more difficult these days. Um, You know, so, yeah, so, okay. Um, So we'll see. But one of the things is, you know, that's when we talk about financial planning is that, a lot of things are completely beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can talk about, I mean, health, I mean, number one. Yeah. Right. In other words, there's nothing a financial planner can do about your health. 
But if you're worried about health and you may have chronic issues or your health includes maybe you're worried about a potential long-term care, we can help you address the financial ramifications or if you want things in place, if you know health is declining or you're worried about the future to make things easier. Right. Or if you're wondering if you could afford a better, more health insurance. Right. Okay. Uh, that certainly is or a Or sometimes some of out-of-pocket treatments. We've had people saying, can I afford this? I'd really like to do that. Even if I'm not going to get the medical deduction? Right. Okay. Um, some of the stem cell stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, or perhaps if you're saying, I have a job that I'm kind of worried. It's it's maybe it's an encore career right. that you thought you had to keep going financially, but now you're a little bit worried because that's going to lead you right back to a virus infected, you know, world. Or just take a toll. Sometimes the stress of a job along, or sometimes we still have clients that are shift workers and work these rotating shifts, or they're just tired of the day-to-day grind. Right. Or maybe that's the other one. You're saying, hey, can I scale back? Can mm-hmm. I can I get a, away from the day-to-day grind? Because my downtown office is saying, I got to go back to work. And I would really, I kind of like staying at home. Right. So maybe are you thinking, hey, can I start an encore career, even though it may be less pay? Can I do something from my home? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and and a lot of people, you know, are really excited about that. You right. know, what I'm saying, hey, I I kind of like this, you know, staying at home, and maybe I'm not going to make as much as I did before, but do I need to? You right. know, and and so 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 from that aspect, that's where the our you know financial planning process comes in, right? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, how do you build those models before you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, do you have a model that's right. working? You know, and, oh, you and, know what? Another one, I know you talked about stem cells, but we have clients that maybe there's a drug their insurance doesn't cover. Okay. That's really expensive, some of these drugs, these especially if they don't have the generic available. Also, by the way, there's ways you can at least get that down. But, you know, sometimes that cost factor, I don't want to I don't want to get the treatment because I can't afford that prescription. So I'm going to take maybe a less effective one that's a lot cheaper and affordable. So, you know, so that's where, you know, your financial planning can can help, you know. So, you know, although, you know, again, things that you can't control don't get too upset about, Mm -hmm. um, including elections, by the way. Right. Can't control uh, it. Right. Just yeah. your vote. Unless you're a Democrat. Oh, I should. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, do you know some of our listeners? Are, I, I'm going to get emails, I, Mark. I, I think this is the first time in U.S. history that we've elected, you know, illegitimate presidents back to back. Oh. I don't think that's ever happened before in this country. Illegitimate. Well, you know, because yeah. when Trump won, a lot of people thought he was an illegitimate president. Right. And now that Biden's won, there's a lot of people who right. think he's an illegitimate president. Well, I president. think what's scary is that just whether whether Biden truly won or not, which I, I, I don't believe I, if he truly did, but there's so much evidence and it bothers me that this country, you have an election that may be being tampered with, is scary in the United States. So, you know, and, and again, so... Everybody is waiting now for the Georgia runoff elections. I get this question all the time. It's barely do I talk to a client <laughs> where they don't say, you know, Mark, what's going to happen? You know, are we going to crystal ball? You know, are we going to have a, a a democratic socialist uh, tax agenda going forward? Possibly. Um, and I keep saying uh, possibly not. Um, because even if. You know, the Democrats win both those Georgia seats. Right. Which would be a, a trick. You know, I mean, that would be a it, no, nobody thinks they're going to win both. Right. Maybe they'll split. Most people still think Georgia is such a red state. But, you state. know, I don't yeah. know. It could be fixed. Um, but the uh, so, you know, but even if they won both, even if the Democrats won both, giving them the, the majority of the Senate. That's still not a done deal that the blue wave is going to come flowing right in because Schumer is still going to have to deal with the filibuster. You know, the, the, the rule that says you really need supermajority in the Senate or 60 votes, right, right. to get major things. You know, that's how they got, you know, the affordable health care done. Right. You know, when, when Obama, he had the 60 votes in the Senate. Right. Okay. Um, you know, so, you know, you need and there's nowhere they're nowhere close to the 60 votes. But the, the point is. I'm not sure exactly how many votes, you know, right. Schumer has to get rid of the filibuster. 
All right. So that's not necessarily even a done deal. Now, again, if the Republicans win one or both seats in that Georgia runoff, then they'll continue to control the Senate. So now you're going to be gridlocked, you know, for the next two years up until the next midterm elections. And I doubt if you'll see any major tax law changes. Right now. So a lot of people are saying that's why, you know, they're saying you're going to win the bet, carry because right. they're not going to pass any more a fifth bill so. before the, that G- Georgia runoff. Which is terrible. I think that's why they need to do the pieces and parts to protect the businesses and do what they can. The things that everybody's on board with, just get that in a bill and pass that through. Yeah, Wouldn't that make, well, I mean, they should have done sorry. that in July. I know that, Mark. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, throw them all out. Um, but you know, so you know, so what we're saying is, no, I don't think you should change your 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 uh, financial plan right now assuming that there's going to be major tax law changes starting in January. All right. Um, I just don't think, you know, I think it's too early to do that. Right. Um, right. Because people aren't doing anything or saying, wait, but we also only have Trump's tax cuts through 2025. Correct? Right. And so and that is, you know, and that's a much more concrete thing right now, because chances are the Republicans aren't going to have enough votes to extend that or make them permanent. Now, could Trump come back? And win in 2024, carry before that expiration of 2025. Or, you know, oh, it goes through 2025. It actually, the new, the, <laughs> we'd go back to the old rates. Right. And, and Carrie, what did you just say? Sorry. The, um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, so. Sorry, um, I need to have my radio filter on. <laughs> so, you know, we, we you've got to, um, so, you know, you just got to be very, you know, active. You know, in other words, you, you, you get your get your plan updated for everything you can control right now. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's been a very volatile year, you know, so let's so, you know, start getting your year end. You know, where are your, where your investments coming out at year end? Right. OK. Um, but even before you get to the new year, Carrie, you're still time. Not a whole lot of time. There could be still time for year end planning. OK. Uh, you had mentioned like Roth conversions at the start right. of the show and, and things like that. Um, so that's what we've been doing on this show for the last couple of shows. We've been doing case studies mm-hmm. of what some, what the state planning team, you know, does in, 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 in year end planning. And, you know, when we we talk about year end planning, you know, it, it, it's to kind of illustrate what we mean by saying you got to stay active in your financial planning. Right. You need a coordination of advisors. Right. Um, and you need to keep you know, asking questions. And, and you know, and, and a lot of times our clients, our new clients, they carry. They come in. How often have we heard? Well, I don't even know what questions I need to be asking my tax preparer. Right. Or, I don't even know what questions I need to be asking my investment advisor at the end of the year. Right. Um, or I don't even know what questions I need to be. At. When do I need to go get a, a legal document review? You know, the attorney did it 10 years ago. Should I go get it reviewed? Maybe, you maybe know, not. Um, you know, so. We can help coordinate that because we've been helping families do that for over 35 years. All right. Um, we so can be on the phone with that person. I mean, that's the beautiful, you know, you don't have of, to leave your house. A lot of three-way phone calls in the mm-hmm. year of the Rona. Um, do you believe the Time Magazine? Yes, I saw that. I, I've been trying to not watch that. Uh, apparently Time Magazine thinks the election's over, Carrie. Um, and they really roasted Trump, I heard. Well, you know, I mean, to, so so what I were talking about, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Time magazine has now named Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as its persons of the year. OK, so what did time is that? It's just is this kills me. But, it's just so PC. Uh, it should have been the Rona. I, Rona should have won think? the person of the year. But no, yeah. J- Joe Biden and Kamala. OK, because here's what time said together. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris offered restoration and renewal in a single ticket. Hmm. And Americans bought what they were selling. After the highest turnout in a century, (laughs) they racked up 81 million votes and counting, the most in presidential history. Topping Trump by by some 7 million votes and flipping battleground states. And finally, for Joe Biden to accomplish all this by hiding in the basement is truly extraordinary. (laughs) Well, actually, they didn't say that. Oh, Carrie. did they? I was going to say I, that would be funny if I they added did. That at the end, so I yeah. think they should have said that. Um, so yeah, what did Joe do? Yeah, oh goodness. Yeah. So, 
Time really went on a ledge there to say that. That's you know, a sad day for Time Magazine. Um, I, I think they've I think completely a, discredited their whole person of the year. Right. I, I think it should have been somebody worthy of something. What about all the things? In all fairness, I mean, like Trump or not like him, look what he's done as far as the Middle East peace talks. I saw a headline on that this week. That's been huge. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're not going to give it to Trump. That's a, you know, I, I, you no, know. but I'm saying, or I mean, pick somebody who's give really. Give it to the guy who developed the vaccine. I don't something. know. Something. Give it to Mike DeWine. I don't think so. Um, the curfew say so. They, DeWine's canceled New Year's Eve, right, Carrie? Because the oh, yeah. the curfew is extended to January second. Yeah. Do you think that really stops people? Um, I don't care. Well, maybe now at least you won't be woke up, you know, at midnight by the you know reverie because you. Oh yeah, we always hear fireworks at oh. my house. Um, I'll be in bed by. I don't. I know usually I'm... go to sleep. I may stay up until twelve oh one, but. All right. Yeah, I'm not a big New Year's party. So, so on these year-end planning case reviews. So last week, you know, I talked about, um, y- you know, the decision this year or any year, but this year, it's particularly because of the ch- all the changes that were made this year. One of major one being no required minimum distributions, right? That you know, if you were typically doing qualified charitable distributions, or y- you, you you know, a decision to say, well. Do I fund a QCD using IRA distributions directly to charity, or should I fund uh, my donor advised fund mm-hmm. and try to get the deduction on uh, Schedule A, itemized deductions? Um, you know, and the idea that, yeah, both of those obviously could potentially lower your tax liability, right. but the difference is one lowers your AGI and one doesn't. So the QCD actually lowers your AGI. So if you're if you're doing you're in planning you're trying to keep your AGI below a certain threshold for example you don't want your Medicare premiums going up right you may say that the QCD is a bigger win now obviously a QCD is a bigger win if you're not able to itemize your charitable contributions on Schedule A because you can't get over the standard deduction but that's where the DAFs come into play right. here because a lot of people bunch those, right? You know, in other words, they fund their DAF, their donor advised fund, right. with, with enough money to be able to itemize because the one of the benefits of the DAF fund is you don't have to kick out all the charitable distributions at once. You can leave them in there, right? So, you know, so that we, we did a lot of that, you know, analysis for clients this year and, and you know, and, and saying, okay, which is better, you know, for you? Right. Um, but now this week um, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about another situation I see happening this year, again, because it, it was such a strange year without required minimum distributions. Um, and, and, you know, I, I call this, you know, the the lesser of two evils. OK. OK. Um, and sometimes you have to choose the lesser of two evils, Carrie. Right. Sometimes in presidential elections, you have to do that. Um, but anyways. So in this particular case, um, we, the clients, you know, what we, were, what we were planning at the beginning of the year, you know, quickly changed because of all the things that happened during 2020, right? So we thought we had a plan going into 2020, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and we always talk about financial planning, Gary, is that, you know, whatever you did last year doesn't necessarily mean that's what you do this year in your financial planning. And also doesn't mean that's what you're going to do next year in your financial planning. Right. Okay. It doesn't work that's that That's why you way. don't do it once. You always say, you know, every year, especially every tax year, stands alone. Because of things change that are completely beyond your control. Right. Like the government suspending required minimum distributions in the middle of the year. Like COVID and the roller coaster market. Um, you know, and so, um, so, so, so in this particular client, um, we we had a plan where they were going to get their cash flow during the year. We had, we knew, you know, going in January, we knew what their required minimum distribution was going to be that they had to take out of IRAs. And we knew what, you know, what their safe harbor for estimated taxes, you know, what we were planning on. And the idea for that was, even though we weren't exactly sure how much estimated taxes they want to pay in, we knew that 
we they were going to leave enough of the RMD in their back pocket to do withholding to cover their safe harbor. Because one of the one of the advantages of withholding, in other words, even if you did an IRA distribution in December and elected withholding and that was withheld in December, the government treats that as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. That's that's one of the benefits of withholding. As opposed to carry, if you're making quarterly coupon estimated payments, those are timed quarterly. Right. Right. Um, and you can be deemed late if you miss one. Right. In other so words, you, you can't just blow off the first three quarters and then make a big fourth quarter estimate. Or we had someone call saying, hey, I didn't pay in any taxes because I usually do it with the RMD. I'm just going to pay it on the fourth quarter estimate for the year. Uh, you might get dinged. Now, that's what leads to this lesser of two evils that I'm going to talk about. Now, the other thing that we found during the year for this particular client is that their non-qualified investments, or sometimes we call those taxable investments, or these are the investments that you do not have inside your IRAs or 401ks or 403bs or annuities. Not, you know, these are the tax. These are the ones that you're taxed as you go, right? When you have interest or dividends or realized capital gains, okay, or realized capital losses. So what with this client was as the year went by, you know, as you just mentioned, you know, we had the market crash, you know, and then, uh, you know, everybody was jumping off bridges. But then we had this V-shaped recovery. Right. Right. And, I'll, and what I'm finding is certain, you know, not every, you know, there's no, you know, not every investment advisor, but a lot of my clients who are having their assets managed by professionals, um, capital gains are coming in a lot higher than what they were thinking was going to be for this year. Okay. And we always tell people if if you're, you know, if you're trying to figure out how much taxes you you're paying in, in other words, if you're on a current year safe harbor, you know, it's different if you're just trying to follow the previous year safe harbor, Gary, right? Right. Because if you're just following the previous year safe harbor, you just you that's a no number. You don't have to worry about projecting any current year tax liability, you know, right. uh, you know, uh, you know, taxable items. You're just paying 100 or 110% of the previous years. It's a known number. It's a done deal. And even if you end up owing on April 15th, when you file the return, you won't be assessed an underestimated penalty because you met the previous year safe harbor. Right. But in this case, for this client, we knew they didn't want to file the previous year safe harbor because they had a lot of extraordinary income in the previous year. And we, we had no idea. That, you know, We still didn't think they'd get anywhere near that level. But the problem was... They thought that, um, you know, that, that when they when the, the government suspended RMDs, they were like, oh, we don't have to do the RMDs. But that but they still needed money out for cash flow. Right. Right. Um, because the RMDs was supplying cash flow and they still needed some way to pay in their taxes. Right. So even in the beginning, you know, in March or whenever, you know, when, when we got that, you know, notice that the, the RMDs were suspended in the back of their minds, they were still saying, well, we still plan to do a large IRA distribution in December to cover withholding. Right. Okay. But that's before the capital gains started flowing in. Okay. The realized capital gains. Okay. Um, now, so now we're getting to our year end planning, and now we have a problem. Mm hmm. Houston, we have a problem. Right. All right. Because they still needed some cash flow for their Christmas presents. Mm hmm. Okay. They still haven't paid in the t they haven't covered their safe harbor yet for taxes okay mm -hmm. and capital gains just keep going up right okay and the year isn't over all right and the year ain't over and so you know so now what comes first Carrie cash flow right cash flow comes first tax planning comes second okay um, so now yeah because we you know we all you know we can save everybody taxes you know how Carrie don't spend any money which isn't real. That's not realistic. Okay, we we wouldn't have too many happy clients if no. we, if that was the answer, right? Right. All right. Um, so you're you're maintaining your lifestyle, you know, which means maintaining that cash flow comes first. All right. No. So now they're saying, okay, well, they you know, so the first thing is how much is their thing? Well, I think we need, I don't know, ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Okay, and it's like, well. You also, you know, where are you going to get that? 
because if you take out $10,000 more out of the IRA, it's going to create tax. It's okay. going to create more taxes proportionately. Okay. And by the way, you are still planning on taking out money out of the IRA for your withholding. So you don't really need 10000 You might need 13, 14, I don't know. Okay. Um, you can say, well, um, you know, the reason why they need more is because they, they, they don't want to take their cash reserve too low. Right. In case there is an emergency. Not right. that there's everybody, anybody ever has a cash emergency, Carrie. Mm-mm. That never happens. Okay. So they're saying, well, we could sell non-qualified investments. Right. But that may increase the capital gains even more. Right. Okay. Um, so they're like, well, what do we do? And this is where the coordination of advisors come into mm-hmm. play, right? So what we do is we say, well, well, first of all, um, let's get a tax pro forma going. Mm-hmm. Now, Carrie, a lot of times when we have a new client come in and I mention that term, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. They're like, I get the blank stare. And it's like, Mark, what is a pro forma? It's just saying it's really just a projection of based on these variable, this is what your total tax would be. Yeah. It's a corporate tax lingo term. Right. It's just the idea. See, corporations it's are like doing an, this all the time. It's an estimate. It's an estimate. It's a projection. It's not saying we're just going to think whatever happened on the tax return last year is happening this year. Right. It gives you scenarios. So you could see, which we do for our clients, the performance we're looking at with their tax preparer. We're looking at maybe four or five scenarios. Now, you, you, you know, I, I've, I've kind of always wondered why is that term so foreign to so many people? Now, a lot of times, you know, it, it may and, there, and I have a couple of, of possible reasons for that. One being um, if, if, if you are doing your taxes yourself. Mm-hmm. With one of the robots, you know, a TurboTax or a tax cut or something like that, they're not designed to do tax planning in the future. Right. They're designed to do compliance. You know, when you buy the the latest version of TurboTax, that's one year's, uh, you know, of mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you know, right. we're not trying to say software. It, you can't use a TurboTax. It's not built to you design, and it's not. And people don't really even know how to stand, how to understand how to use TurboTax as running multiple scenarios in the current year. Right. But certainly, it it's not designed to to look into future years' taxes. So if right. you're doing it yourself at home, yeah, there's nothing when you do TurboTax that TurboTax the robot's going to say, "Hey, do you want to run a pro forma for next year?" No. What it does, it just based on maybe your, it may kick out those estimated payments. Based on what you paid the previous year well, when you filed the return. Right. Now, so, so now what if, though, you are doing it, you're using a professional mm-hmm. to do taxes? Well, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're hiring a professional, again, you're hiring somebody to do the compliance. In other words, what you're paying them to do is the tax is preparation. The, is the preparation of the tax return. And you gave them the marching orders. Hey, I want to get my tax, redone, uh, my tax return done as quick as possible. For the lowest cost, and so I don't get fan mail from the IRS. Right. Well, under those parameters, I don't know how much room the tax preparer has has for you to do future tax planning. Mm -hmm. He may not consider that you paid him to do that. Right. Now you can make it. You can you can say, well, how you know would it cost more if I want you to give me a pro forma for the next year? Now, some some will do that without even asking. Right. That's part of their services because the robot does it anyways. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of preparers, professional preparers, has sophisticated software that it will do, a, a, you know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes, you know, Carrie, when you get your tax package back from the preparer, there after the return, there's a summary. You know, there's a comparison. This is what your taxes were last year. This is what it's this year. Right. Some even go one step further and say, this is what it was this year. This is what we're projecting for next year. Right. But you, but a lot of my clients, you, know, you know, a lot of my clients, they don't even know it's there. It's like the way at the back of the, you know. Right. You know, you know the, the return, right? Well, that's um, anyway. what we're for, too, to help. Right. So, um, so the idea is, you know, and, and so, but if you're running a current, if you're trying to pay your taxes on based on a current year safe harbor, you have got to be active during the year to make sure that you're giving the robot the latest information. Mm-hmm. So, so it is accurately trying to come up with a pro forma of what your taxes are going to be. 
right? So we started working with their CPA. And, you know, we said, okay, let's start, um, you know, let's start building tax pro formas. Okay. And, and what we're trying to set up is, okay, you know, what's the current case? You know, in other words, you know, we have to get year to date numbers, right? That's why you don't, you know, you got to continue doing this because if you do a pro forma in February, it might not still be good in October because things change, especially if you're trying to do on a current year, right? So we need some more coordination of other advisors. Right. We need to get to their investment advisor and say, okay, hey, throw us a bone here. Can you, can you, can you provide us a year-to-date realized gain-loss report? Because let's try to find out where exactly capital gains are right now before we do any other uh, maneuvers. All right. So now we're working with the investment advisor and... We're saying, okay, but we're also telling them not only give us a realized gain loss report, but one of our ideas we're kicking around is, you know, I need some additional cash flow or the clients need additional cash flow, Gary, right? So we're, we're going to tell, you know, the, the investment advisor, by the way, if we raised an additional $10,000 out of the taxable account, can you give us a projection of how much additional capital gains or could they harvest losses or whatever? what the tax effect would be. See, if the client takes the 10000 out of the IRA, we know the tax hit there, right? That's taxes, ordinary income. What we don't know is if they take $10,000 out of a managed stock and bond portfolio, what the tax effect was going to be. So ask your investment advisor. That's what you pay them for. Um, now, and so we, you know, so we got back the year-to-date realized and then now, now also though, I went one step further. See, again, this is where the robots, you know, in other words, you have to, you, you have to keep going. You gotta you, you be active. So Carrie, when we were on with the investment advisor, we not only said, you know, what would additional tax hit be if we, if we raised $10,000 in proceeds, we said, by the way, what would it be if we only raised 5000 Okay. See, a lot of times in financial planning, the client, you know, or, or someone who doesn't do this for a living, it, it's all it's it's all white or black. In other words, it's either I'm going to take ten thousand dollars of the IRA or I'm not, or I'm going to take ten thousand dollars out of my non qualified portfolio or not. Well, no. In reality, good financial planning maybe I want to look at those different scenarios. What would it be if I took $5,000 out of the IRA and $5,000 out of the right. you know, account? Or, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's not like a light switch that it's mm -hmm. always all or none. That's true in every aspect of planning. Right. That people think is there are absolutely, very rarely are there all or none. It's usually how much over what level. And that's true in every circumstance. And the estate planning team, we've been around more than 35 years helping people through affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainers, whether you're working or already in retirement. Um, I mentioned about the company earlier, but we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List Super Service Award winners multiple years. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person this year or even want to get on the schedule in 2021, um, we're happy to do that. You can call 440 Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you got Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're going through a year-end case study to illustrate what we mean by active planning coordinated advisors. So, Carrie, yeah, it's always not that light switch that you do all one or none of the, you know, it's that combination, all right? So now we got the investment advisor and we've got him working on saying, okay, what would the additional tax it be if we the client raised $5,000 or $10,000, all right? Meanwhile, we're back to the CPA and we're running the pro formas. We give him the year-to-date realized, right? okay? Um, and, and now we say, okay, well, the one, what the client was originally thinking was that they were going to do um, an additional IRA distribution to cover the withholding. Remember, I talked mm -hmm. about that. But that was going to come out of the IRA. Now, what they were originally thinking, uh, you know, at, at, at this point, because capital gains came in so high when we got the report right. back, 
all of a sudden we're back to now maybe the previous year safe harbor is the way to go. Right, because the current year is going to be higher. Because if you take the current year with the high capital gains and do the amount that they need for spending and do the amount that they need what we thought they needed for withholding, guess what? That, that's a circular reference because the more IRA distributions they have to cover withholding, the more taxes go up. So it was getting to the point where now the current year was more than the 100% of right. last year. So now we're back to the previous year safe harbor. And so mm-hmm. what they need, so what they would need for the previous year safe harbor was fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. Okay, because they had some other pension right. withholding going on. So we said, but the problem is, if they, with the capital gains and an additional fourteen thousand five hundred dollar IRA distribution to cover withholding, plus the other IRA distributions, guess what? Now all of a sudden, their adjusted gross income is over the Medicare threshold. Mm, ouch. Okay. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, you know, you, you might have just gotten your new Social Security benefit statements, right? And if you have an IRMA adjustment. The, yeah, the income-related monthly maybe adjustment amount. you need amount. to give us a call. So, you know, married filing jointly, you know, that number for 2021 is 176000 of modified adjusted gross income. you got to take your AGI and add back any tax municipal interest that you reported that year, right? So now, all of a sudden, their 2020 is come, MAGI is going over that 176. So that means in 2022, their Medicare premiums going up right okay that's a no-no mm-hmm. so now we go back so we get you know so now we get information back and we say okay well we could do that but now we've got higher medicare premiums we got to deal with in a couple of years um or um i said well, well maybe there's another way we can do this because like i said you know they do have some taxes paid in right I said, what if we just made a a fourth quarter estimate? Okay. So one of the benefits of the fourth quarter estimate is that it's due January 15th. Right. right? In other words, so why is that? Well, go ask Congress why. But, I mean, basically why I look at it is, one, it allows you to look at year-end numbers. And gives you time to get the realized gain. Or you'll know after December 31st what income's hitting your tax return. Right. Or, two, if you have to pay that and you don't have the cash flow to do it, you know, you don't have to raise the additional cash flow in this year. You could raise it in 2021. You could raise it in January to make, and that you push the tax hit off. Cause remember this client's right back to a required minimum distribution next year. Right. See, this wasn't a problem if they were taking out the required minimum. We just now are looking for an opportunity that says, well, since you don't have to do the required minimum and capital gains came in so high, is there any way we can starve off that higher Medicare premium? Right. Right. Um, Now, so, you know, so the idea is, but the problem is if they make a big fourth quarter estimate, it's not going to be deemed timely. Right. Okay. So now what, what's going to be the penalty of that? So now you're getting to my lesser of two evils, right? The penalty on not paying it timely? Right. In other words, we have to know what that is, right? Right. Because, you know, now it's the lesser of two evils. Right. So And it's based on really objective and knowing your number. Running a pro forma. Right. All right. And an accurate pro forma. Right. And and their CPA said, yeah, their software is sophisticated enough that it it, it could estimate what the underestimated penalty would be. Perfect. You know, now basically, if mathematically, it's, you know, around four to five percent. It's, it's a weird number because I think the IRS changed during the year when we had the, you know, we had, we, when the interest rates dropped during 2020, I think the IRS adjusted that. So it's going to be a, I mean, some months it's going to be higher rate or whatever. And it's a weird year because the first two estimates were not really due until July 15th instead of April 15th and June right. 15th. So we don't think the interest calculator is going to start to July 15th. Right. Okay, really into the weeds, right? Right. But that's what CPAs do. That's that's why right. we, you know, if you don't know what questions to be asking your CPA, we do. We do. All right. Um, now, so we, so we got you know because I could quickly tell the clients how much more their Medicare premiums based on the latest numbers. Now they'll be adjusted again before twenty twenty two, but based on that, they're you know between the two of them. Their cost of that additional Medicare is going to be one thousand four hundred twenty-six dollars in twenty twenty-two. Okay. okay. So, in case one, if they just took the additional fourteen thousand five hundred out of the IRA, okay, okay, um, 
you know, th- their their taxes are going to come in at twenty four thousand three eighty nine. Okay. Okay. If they don't do that additional out of the IRA, okay, and they instead choose to pay, make a, a fourth quarter estimate in January, right. okay, their taxes would be twenty one thousand one ninety nine. Okay. Okay. But so, Carrie, what's that? That's about a three thousand one hundred ninety dollars difference, right? Right. Okay. So that saves them income taxes of three thousand one hundred thirty nine or one hundred ninety. Right. Plus the Medicare savings, because now they won't be over that Medicare threshold. Right. So that's the you know saving the one thousand four twenty five. Right. Okay. So that combined savings is around four thousand six one six. Okay. Okay. Now, but they're going to have the interest penalty. Okay. Okay. Because now, but the payment they're going to make because now they have a they have a lower current year safe harbor, Gary. Right. right. So now they don't need fourteen thousand five hundred. They only need to make an estimate of about twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty six dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, but that will be deemed late. Okay. If they make it on January fifteenth, so the CPA came back, did the interest calculation, and said, "Yeah, your interest penalty is going to be about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars." Still. So here is the lesser of two evils. They could do the uh, what they're originally planning, just to take the money out of the IRA to cover their safe harbor, but with the higher capital gains, they're you know that's going right. to lead, and and then that's going to that four thousand six one six, or they could not do it that way, just make a fourth quarter. Granted, it's going to be late, right? And then maybe they're going to have a three hundred dollar penalty. But which would you rather do? Hmm. The pay out the four thousand six one six or pay out the three hundred dollar interest penalty? Pay out the three hundred dollar interest penalty, keep my Medicare B premiums lower, and January one or the first business day in January I can start looking at cash flow for twenty twenty one. So hopefully that gives you an idea of, you know, what we mean by active planning. And the idea that what even in the current year, you know, what this client, what we had planned for the year, it is completely changed by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But they really feel really good that they went to the trouble of being active and now they know what decision to make. Right. And they're getting input from all their professional advisors, the CPA, the investment advisor, Mm -hmm. the financial planner. That's the coordinated effort. We still believe that if you have coordinated advisors, you will end up getting a better plan. Now, so if you are not getting that type of financial planning, maybe you need to come see us. Right. And what we do is give you good objective analysis that leads to good decision making. And we've been around more than 35 years. Take advantage of a free consultation. If you can't get on the schedule this year, um, go ahead and call us and get on the schedule in January and February. We're here to help and we've been doing it a long time and probably um, may be able to help you. If we can't, we'll let you know. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Carrie, how many of those burrito butts do we still have out there? The one isn't decided. Remember what one was, which was going to happen first, Brexit or Trump releasing his tax returns? Right. I lost that. We started that one four years ago. Still not decided yet. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.